making? Tell me what kind are we making? Looky, looky, what a cookie, 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 oh! Sugar cookies, peanut butter, chocolate chip, here comes another. Looky, looky, what a cookie, 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 oh! Yeah, welcome to Nocturnal Journal. The highlight of my summer uh, last weekend in uh, Louisville. We, uh, my buddy John Hughes and I went to the Cookie Lady Bobblehead Night. We have the Cookie Lady uh, on the phone from uh, Louisville. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing, sir? Thanks, thanks for staying up with us, Elizabeth Casito. And uh, your husband, Todd Bartlett's on the phone. Yep, I'm right here, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, it was just such a remarkable experience. Let me do it real quick, and then I'll turn it over to you. Last summer I was there. I'm a big baseball fan. went to a Louisville Bats game, and there's Elizabeth going up and down the aisle selling cookies from a basket on top of your head. You've been doing that for all 20 years of the, of the stadium there, uh, Slugger Field, which is why they yes, honored sir. you with the bobblehead, right? Yes, sir. So how did this all start? How did you uh, talk about coming from Africa to the United States and baking cookies? Well, I never had cookies before, and I started making cookies for myself so I can eat as many cookies as I can. Then I started selling them for my, to my co-worker. That's how it started. And I've been in downtown uh, Louisville, and I sat on the street for about six years. And I went door to door selling my cookies downtown Louisville. And you, um, yeah, you started on the street, and you were telling me we have a um, our article we're going to post with the podcast where I, I I did a deep dig on your life. But that's what you did back home. It was uh, street vending and stuff. So you brought that to the streets of Louisville. Yes, sir. That's right. And then, how did you get involved in the baseball stadium? Oh, well, when the stadium was built, I was vending with a company which got a contract with the Louisville Bats. And I asked them if I can sell cookies down there when the stadium is finished. They said, sure. And I was so excited when they, they, they allowed me to, to sell my cookie down there because it boosted my business 100%. The, uh, the outpouring of love for you last Friday night was just remarkable. Um, I think there were over 8,000 people who showed up. Uh, John and I had uh, dinner over there by the ballpark, and we saw people in line as early as 4 o'clock for a 7 o'clock thing. We were keeping an eye on you, and they they stood in line all night getting your autograph for these bobbleheads. So it wasn't like they were going to sell them on eBay or anything. They really, really, you've really resonated with the community there. I was so I was so excited. I feel like I'm still going on with it because uh, I never had a birthday like that. Who feel like winning a lot where everything was like rolling in one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know. I, I wrote in my story. Um, you know, we're, we're always going to be a, a welcoming, and both of you can uh, respond to this. We're always going to be a welcoming nation of immigrants, but at any one moment in time, something as simple as a cookie can bring us all together. And that's really what happened last Friday night. Yes, sir. That was terrific. Yeah, I think the, the city really, uh, I mean, it made made me proud, you know, to be from from Louisville, you know, because the city did really show up and, and show Elizabeth how much they loved her and, and uh, you know, it was really touching to see. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, it's a simple thing, but, you know, it meant a lot to a lot of people. Uh, talk about, um, talk about, I, I, the last number I had was 14 flavors. Talk about some of the flavors and uh, actually how people can find your, your great cookies. 
Well, people can find us online at uh, kazito.com, and you can order online. I think we've got 14 different flavors. Yeah, we have chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, and peanut butter, snickerdoodle. And we have pumpkin chocolate chip, which is everybody, everybody loves those cookies. I make them all year round. And uh, we have a cookie called Lucky in Kentucky, which is delicious. Yeah, talk about the Lucky in Kentucky. It's uh, white chocolate, dark chocolate, and pecans. Yeah, and uh, and which is the best seller? Uh, chocolate chip is always sell. I sell everything. Uh, Elizabeth, when I talked to you uh, earlier, uh, I never asked you what's what's the recipe. What what makes your cookies different than than, than chips ahoy or uh, stuff like that? They're homemade and all goes through my hand. There's no cookie goes through my business without me being touched by me. Yeah. Somehow through packaging or selling or counting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the ingredients are not that unusual. It's what she does to them. You know, she makes every cookie herself, and uh, there there are things you can put in a cookie that aren't really on the ingredient listing, if you know what I mean, Dave. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so you're going to be there throughout the uh, rest of the baseball season. You're also going to be at a, from a booth I have here at the Kentucky State Fair, August 15th to the 25th. Yes, sir. I've been doing that over 30 years. It's been exciting. I like that time of year because it's so hot. And I sit in the air conditioner all for 11 days straight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you have a physical store. Uh, We drove by that. John and I went by that on Bardstown. Talk a little bit about that. And and you were talking about how it's uh, arts and crafts. And when people walk in, they're kind of surprised to smell the bakery in the back. Yeah, we have a store where we sell African crafts from Uganda, Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda. So it's very like I want to share uh, my culture with the customers who come in my store. Wow. And uh, yeah, Elizabeth, go ahead. Elizabeth really started out selling the crafts and, uh, you know, because of the uh, the problems in Uganda, her homeland with Idi Amin and stuff, uh, she wasn't really able to get the handicrafts out. And that's that's sort of when she started or restarted the bakery. Her father actually ran a bakery in Uganda when she was a little girl. And so uh, she kind of restarted that business. And and now it's really kind of a hybrid of an African art gallery and a bakery. And you're probably going to stock more bobbleheads there, you said. Everybody's asking for bobblehead, and we are going to reorder. <laughs> you're going to reorder some. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of people didn't come to the game and they didn't get in it, so they all wanted bobbleheads. Uh, before we let you go, and thanks again for staying up with us, um, talk about. I mean, you guys. I mean, this is this is like a movie. You were really born under a banana tree, and you're the oldest of thirty six children from different yes. mothers, of course. Yes, I was born under a banana tree in Uganda, Africa, and we had nine of us. My mom had nine children. Your your birth and my mom. father had thirty six children. And your father had thirty six. Yeah. Yes, sir. And it was common. I mean, uh, people were born outside there, right? Yes, sir. Like, like about sixty years ago, people were having kids outside the house. Yeah, and then you came to the states, and you got a degree in environmental health, uh, Eastern New Mexico University. Yes, sir. And then how'd you end up in Louisville? My ex my ex husband was from Louisiana. We moved here together from New Mexico. 
Okay. And what was the first thing you did? What was the first thing you did when you got to Louisville? Oh, uh, I I went to Kentucky Derby. (laughs) (laughs) That's the very first thing you did. Yeah, well, I came around that time, and I've been here in Kentucky Derby forever, so I went to it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you guys are give me give us the website again so people can uh, find out more about you and, and visit you in Louisville. It's not that far from yeah, Chicago. It's kizito.com. That's K I Z I T O. And uh thank you so much. It really was the highlight of my summer. It just made me, you know, like I told you guys, it's we're, there's a lot of dark stuff going on. It was just such a feel good moment to spend that uh, that night with you at the at the baseball stadium. So, thank you for yeah, what you do. One- 20 years of hard work for her to get there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so well, thanks, you guys. Let's stay in touch, okay? We will. Definitely. Thank you, Dave. Okay, thanks. And listeners can hear the whole, read the whole story about them uh, on the podcast. It'll be out this week. So thanks a lot uh, to Casito Cookies. We'll be back with more thanks after this on WGN. Next up in the uh, All-State Skyline Studios, Dave Hoekstra, Nocturnal Journal. And we have our friends, the Polkaholics, making a return visit to the Nocturnal Journal. How are you guys doing? Can you hear me? All right. It's almost polka time, huh? Okay. How you doing? You want to introduce the band and give us a quick song? Yeah, I would love to. On the bass, we have Blitz Lidster. On the drums, Reckless Rusty. And my name is Dandy Don. Okay, take gonna- it away. We're going to play the Dave Hoekstra Polka!
I'm humbled. That's really something. And you got the name right. It's not Hoekstra or anything. It's Hoekstra. We tried our best, Dave. <laughs> well, thank you so much. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're happy to be on your show. Thanks so much for having us on Nocturnal Journal. <laughs> I wish I wish I had this much energy. I, I could learn something from you. Gotta you gotta play the poker, man. So uh talk about a little real quick before we break for the news. I mean the history of the Polka Hawks. You guys formed in ninety seven. That's right. We formed in ninety seven. We just you know, we, we started playing polka music and you know, at first we weren't sure if we could even pull it off and we're still not sure if we can, but we're still going at it. That's Dandy that's I can't see over. That's Dandy Don, right? That's me, Dandy Don. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I was going to ask you, how, is the, how has the scene changed? Well, um, the traditional polka scene has changed in Chicago. You know, it's, it's more uh, traditional old-time uh, bands. There's not so many clubs around anymore playing polka music. Uh, but, but we're trying to keep it going, screaming in the 21st century. That's right. <laughs> well, you're off to a good uh, start with that theme song. That, that oh, song right. rocks. <laughs> you know, polka's the only way to rock. Yeah. Okay, we... <laughs> Okay, we got. I'm just flabbergasted. We got to take a break for David Jennings and the news, and we're going to come back. And uh, I want to ask you where the accordion is. Okay. Oh yeah, we threw that in the Chicago River. Okay, so <laughs> don't go away. The more Nocturnal Journal on WGN. At 6:35, a conversation with a veterinarian who has done it all, and I do mean he's done it all. You won't believe what he's done with gorillas as one example. Steve Dale's Pet World tomorrow morning at 6:30 on WGN Radio. The pulse of our community flows through all of us. It propels you to explore your passions, serve your neighbors, and build new connections. It reverberates with meaning and force, propelling forward the lifeblood that connects us. But what if one day the pulse stopped? We are Versity, Blood Center of Illinois. We're driven by the urgency of our work and inspired by the generosity of our donors. It's our privilege to safeguard these gifts and ensure they go to where the need is greatest in our community. There is no substitute for blood. It is precious, it is perishable, and the need for it is vital. Your blood donations keep the pulse of our community strong. Schedule your donation at versity.org or call 800-72-GIVE. Together we are a beacon of hope. A beacon of hope. A beacon of hope. A beacon of hope. Ever wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Out of sight. 
Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. And uh, we want to talk about that song we interrupted there. Uh, are you, how are you guys doing? We got the Polkaholics oh, in the studio. Great, yeah. Dandy Don on guitar and vocals. Blitz Linster on bass and vocals. And Rusty? Yep. Back there on drums? Reckless Rusty. Reckless Rusty on drums. <laughs> so talk about the, uh, the song you just played from the new record, Polka High, The Hippies Killed the Polka Stars. Right. Well, you know, the polka was in its heyday in the 1960s. There were a bunch of, po- bunch of polka clubs all over Chicago, and then the hippies came. And after that, you know, there's like less and less polka. So we're trying to bring it back and to teach those hippies a lesson because <laughs> polka's number one in Chicago. That's right. <laughs> Were you guys at Woodstock? <laughs> we were, but they kicked us out. <laughs> um, but, uh, can you? I, I don't know if to listen because we went to the news. Can you do that in a Gata Davida riff again that you that people can hear on the record? Sure. Yeah. It's got to be the only time uh, Inagata Davida has met a polka polka yeah, thing. The beer barrel Inagata Davida, the sunshine area you love. Yeah, it's, so you mentioned Baby Doll, and I was asking you uh, before you went on, um, what's the club scene like for if you want to hear live polka music? Yeah, it's uh, pretty much in banquet halls in Southwest Side suburbs, but there still is one club, Rudy and Ann's, uh, fifty-seven eighty-eight uh, South Archer. They have polka bands on Sunday afternoons typically, uh, and that's like. It. I mean, there used to be, you know, Division Street from Ashland to Western was called Polish Broadway. There was poke yeah. bars all over the place. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, uh, again, we're trying to bring it back screaming. <laughs> and how's that working out? Well, we're here, right? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been arrested yet. You've got some gigs coming up. Uh, talk about that Taste of Polonia. Yeah, we're always happy to be back at Taste of Polonia Copernicus Center. We're going to be playing Saturday, August 31st, uh, 12.30 to 2 p.m. And then, just like Ernie Banks, we're doing two that day, because later that night we're going to be at Beat Kitchen as part of the Scooter Fest. Uh, and there we're going to... I think the whole thing starts at 8 p.m. And then in October, or September, October, we got tons of Oktoberfest gigs. So lots of chances for po- people to hear the Pocaholics. Um, the Slaughterhouse Scooter Rally. That's yes. at, that's at uh, Beat Kitchen 2100 West Belmont. On exactly. August 3rd. That's exactly right. Have you played that before? Uh, no, we have not played that particular event. We played Beat Kitchen many times years ago, but it's going to be we're going to bring the polka to the scooter people for sure. <laughs> that makes sense, of course. Um, you know, when I was listening to the record, I was listening to the record today, and I want to go back one more time to Hippies 
kill the polka stars. Talk about, because I heard a little, and Don, I don't know if you get this on the vocals, I heard a little Joe Strummer, a little Clash attitude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So talk about your guys' uh, DNA. I mean, I know there's a little Wally, but talk about the rock and roll angle. Yeah, for it. sure. I mean, uh, for me, uh, punk rock and polka music just seemed like they all had that DIY spirit, the do-it-yourself spirit. And I loved punk rock in the late 70s. I saw The Clash, uh, saw a bunch of the bands, Buzzcocks, Johnny Thunders. Um, and so, yeah, when we started the band, that was the idea, in a sense, to fuse the punk rock of the late 70s with the Chicago-style polka of Little Wally, Ampelaires, uh, Eddie Blazonczak, Mar- Marion Lush, Naturals, and all those great bands. David Jennings, are you there? I am here. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> tell us your Jimmy Stir. You're the last guy in the world. I think they have a Jimmy Stir story. But tell us about your Jimmy Stir story. Like I know a follow up question. My first job doing news and radio was a very long time ago, but it was a place in Middletown, New York. And there was this guy on Saturday afternoon who would have his monitors in the studio. Whenever he popped the mic off, it's like they would the walls would vibrate. But it was polka, <laughs> and. Many moons later, I finally heard someone talking about Polka, and they mentioned his name. I didn't know that I was doing news in a in the radio show of, well, Polka royalty. The guy's name was Jimmy Stir. That's great. <laughs> now, keep, uh, keep, keep with us, David, because uh, when I used to write about this for the Sun-Times, can we talk about the different styles, not to get real wonky about it, but talk about Little Wally style and Jimmy sure. Stir style, all these different styles of polka. Yeah, that's the thing that blew my mind was the, the different heterogeneity in the United States. Uh, the two styles that you mentioned, Jimmy Stir came out of the Eastern Polish tradition that played very fast, syncopated kind of polka. Wally uh, revolutionized it here in Chicago, slowing it down and to me it, it like it just had more grit and um, just more of a, a, a better sound to me the, the Wally honky style but there's also German style there's Slovenian style there's a uh, uh, Mexican style, conjunto style. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just so many different great styles of polka music in the United States. David, did they talk about Jimmy's style? I mean, we talked before we went on the air. I mean, he always had he did these albums with guest stars and stuff. But did, did he get it deep into that at all? No, I never. I had, I hate to admit this, but I didn't listen to him. <laughs> I was the news guy. I'm writing news in the background, and it's like you know, I'm I'm not listening. I'm. I just happen. I happen to look him up on Google, and he's still around. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. And he's still playing and still touring. Yeah. So yeah. it's like whatever he's doing, it works. I want to say he even played a Farm Aid once. He's. I know Willie Nelson's been on his records. Yeah. You know Willie Nelson used to play in polka bands yeah. in Texas. He, that, yeah, that was yeah. one of his first gigs. That's yeah, right. He would say that. Talk about uh, Don. Talk about uh, how how Jimmy Stir's success affected the Grammys and stuff. Right, so uh, he, you know, he's probably the the most notable polka artist of the last uh, twenty years or so. So he he would win the Grammys every single year, uh, with few exceptions. Brave Combo won it twice. Eddie Blazonczyk won it once. Uh, I think there was a couple others, but but he would regularly win it. And so there's some thought that that's why they got rid of the polka Grammy because. You know, the question is, who's won the most Grammys uh, of all time? The answer is Jimmy Stir. <laughs> is, is that because he always had all these, like, famous people on his records? Uh, he did I, a bunch of those for Rounder, at least two or three. Right, right. No, I... I I can't say why he always won, to be honest. Uh, I would prefer if Eddie Blazonczyk won more. Let's put it that way. Um, so it's always been three pieces, right? That's right. 
Guitar, bass, drums. Why no accordion? Well, there's plenty of great polka bands out there uh, that have accordion and traditional instruments, clarinet, trumpet, squeeze box. Uh, you know, we, we play it the way we know how to play it. So when we started the band, we, we don't know those instruments. We know how to play guitar, bass, drums. Let's try it that way. Uh Blitz and Reckless, can I? Can you guys hear me? Can I call you yes, Blitz and yes, Can I yes. call you Blitz and Reckless? Yes, you sure. can. We're on that type of level. How How'd you guys join the band? Well, we we both played. Who's with it? John. Which one is this? This uh, is Blitz. Okay, Blitz, take it away. We both played with John uh, way back in the before the Pokeholics in a, in a band called the Bouncing Balls uh, right. at different times, and um, then we got we got called recently. Uh, you know, in the last, I guess I I, I joined the Pokeholics in 2012, and. Uh, and uh, Rusty uh, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I'm I'm the the, the fourth Spinal Tap drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going out, but it's going to be spectacular. <laughs> and um, what? And yeah, what are the bands you guys played in before this? I don't well, know. we we all were in the bouncing balls, as yeah. Blitz said, but we also have a Johnny Thunder's tribute called DTKLAMF. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yep. We don't. We don't. We haven't played out in a while. But you know, well, here's keep, Johnny keep Thunder. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. We do a whole another Johnny Thunder show for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. Where do you guys play that? Uh, that's how we did it. Was at Quenchers actually Quenchers, uh, yeah. opening for the Pocaholics. <laughs> we did double duty. <laughs> that's right. And so, uh, Polka High www.thepokaholics.com, right? That's right, thepokaholics.com. Exactly. Thepokaholics.com. First like LP record in like ten years. Right. You know, the last thing we did was our uh, famous polka rock opera called Wally, all about little Wally and his life. Because we thought, hey, the Who's got Tommy, Kings have Arthur, why can't the Pocaholics have Wally? So we did that. And then, you know, that uh, after that, it's taken us a little while to get back. But we're back now with Polka High. You're going to play another, uh, we're going to try to get one more song in, but there's some great, great songs in on here. Nothing Like a Bush I, we were talking about. Talk about that, that's a Bush beer song. Yeah, you know, early on we had a song for Old Style, and we were trying to get some marketing from them and that didn't seem to be successful so we thought oh let's try try another really low class beer we'll try bush why not you should go archies they've been on the show over there in ukrainian village i think they serve bush yeah they, there's a lot of places yeah. in chicago serve bush as we found out yeah. <laughs> we've enjoyed them many places <laughs> nothing like it how do these songs come together like i was listening to uh, blue Larry, blue haired lady and uh you throw in the Aquanet references and stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, Blue Hair Lady was definitely um, inspired by the baby doll. Because, like, if when we went, we played there well, while it was still around, and in the women's washroom, there would be Aquanet hairspray. And there would be, you know, some of the people that how do you know? How do you know what's in the women's washroom? Vera told me. My wife Vera told me. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so you know that that was sort of a. Tr uh, I was thinking about that that place and, and that kind of thing when we came up with blue haired lady. That's right. All right. We're gonna take we're gonna take a break and uh, we're gonna have one more live song. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll, we're here for as long as you want us. Oh, I love you guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, don't go with more Nocturnal Journal and the Pocaholics after this on WGN. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN, and we got the Pocaholics in the Allstate Skyline Studio. How you guys doing? You doing all right? We're doing great. You like, yeah. you like the water I brought in for you? Something? Yeah, but it doesn't have the. Uh, it's not beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's polka juice. Right. Uh, you know, um, it's you guys stay true to that. What you do is so unique. You stay true to that um pa pa sound, but then you also have that attitude of of what we talked about the clash and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you? How do you handle like the? I'm doing air quotes in here of the novelty thing. I mean, people do people look at you as a novelty actor? Does that? Is that? Um, you know, some people do, uh, but I always 
you know, I, I think we have elements also, I think, of like the Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers honored blues music, and they're trying to do that kind of thing. But they did, they had elements of comedy, of course, because they were comedians. Now, we're not comedians like them and that good, but, you know, our approach is kind of like that. We're trying to have fun with the music and really bring back the spirit. See, the thing that, that bugs me a little bit is like, Polka music used to have a lot more entertainment, a lot of this sort of uh, what we're bringing back. And now I, I feel the bands, they kind of sit there with sheet music in front of them. They play music. To me, that's not very entertaining. So we're trying to reconnect with, again, with the Lil Wally, the 50s, 60s style of polka music that was prominent here in Chicago. Talk about why Lil Wally is so important in, in what you do. And again, I'm, I interviewed him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I got the polka beat at the sometimes out of default because <laughs> Nobody else wanted to. Right. We know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like when I'm on the earth tonight on Saturday. But uh, um, he was like a promoter. I remember he had these little postcards, oh, and he, he really was really self-promoted everything. Without it, you know, he's he was completely DIY. Think about this: when he was like 20 years old, he he got signed to Columbia Records. He put out two 78s at that time. He didn't like the way they sounded. He he came, he, had a, he's, he bought his own pressing plant to record his own stuff, to put out his own stuff on JJ Records. Yeah. I mean, he did everything by himself. And like you say, he was completely into marketing, promoting. I mean, when I first met him, you know, he comes off the airplane. We did a couple of shows with him uh, before he passed on. And, you know, the guy, was, he was always on. I never, you know, experienced somebody like him. He was just one of a kind, just an amazing guy. There's really no one, I mean, you know, well, the Blazanchik's kids, right? I mean, I mean, who's carrying this on besides you guys? Well, there, again, there, there's a lot of traditional kind of polka bands that play at, at traditional fest, but there's also so, uh, uh, the sort of more bands like us, like the Bulls and Beer Band from Nebraska. There's a... Uh, there's a po Milwaukee Polka Riot that we participated in. The Milwaukee Criminals play at that. Brave Combo, of course, have been around for, yeah, for right. a long time. Yeah. Polka Side in San Francisco. Um, so there's act there's there's Polka Boy in Indianapolis. There's Polka Brothers in New York. Uh, many of these bands have elements of rock and polka, but we're the only ones that have strict rock uh, instrumentation. Most of the others have some traditional elements. Um, so that's how we're unique, I suppose. Boy, you guys are uh, really, really great. So Polka High, tell people how they can find it. All right, so you can go on our website, thepokaholics.com, and we, we're selling it via CD Baby. That's another place you can go, and, and you can order it. And, and you can also get it through, I, I guess, uh, what those modern things. What do they call them? I, uh, iTunes. Uh, iTunes or whatever. That It's like, yeah. Just it, a fad. Yeah, yeah, it's just a fad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sell you an A-track if you want one, too. <laughs> I mean, you're going to play, play us off with a song, but it's got, uh, I have a mother, don't need another. That's that's one of the songs on there. We're gonna, the one we're gonna play play out with is the blue haired lady one that we were talking about yeah. a little earlier. And it's got uh, didn't know I love you till I saw your chicken dance. Right, of course. Right, right, yeah, right. That's great. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, the gigs again are on August thirty first. Taste of Polonia. That's right. Taste of Polonia. We're be on uh, twelve thirty to two o'clock, and then later that evening we'll be at Beat Kitchen oh, for the, uh, slaughterhouse. the the Slaughterhouse Scooter Jubilee. Uh, and that starts, I believe, around 8 p.m. There's like about four bands. We're going to be one of them. I'm not sure the order yet. but uh, So we're doing two, a twofer on uh, August 31st. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks, Dandy Don. Thank you, Thanks, Dave. Uh, Blitz Linster. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Reckless Rusty. Thank you. Thanks, Ro Coleman, for the production. Thanks, Adam Phillips, for the fine engineering. And we're going to play it out with Blue Hair Lady.
all night.